This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Say that word with me. We're going to focus. Say that with me. We're going to focus in Jesus' name. Lord, I believe you're going to speak to us. I believe clarity is coming into our lives. I believe an anointing. I feel it right now. It's about to fall on those in this place. There's a, there's a move of God. Father, I thank you that, that all over the world, as people are remembering right now what you did for us, uh, we thank you. We thank you. No day is higher than any other, but we also thank you because there's a power in collectiveness when we focus. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Open your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We are so excited about what God has been doing already. And I, I want to just obey the Holy Spirit. Is that all right? Amen. I appreciate the response that we had on last Sunday's messages uh, uh, that we were able to share the gospel from the tomb. Do you know how cool of an experience that was? Standing at about 5.15 a.m. when the birds started singing at the empty tomb, declaring that Jesus Christ is alive. There, there's nothing like that. It was unbelievable. One of the coolest things I've ever had the honor of doing. Now, I'm just going to go off script for a moment and let there be an amen. amen. And, and Pastor Danny got me started. Because God's really been speaking to my heart, and he read a passage that you said that he shall have many descendants. And as I've been privileged over the last two months to be literally dissecting all the way back to the original, the book of Isaiah, as I've been privileged to do that, I, this, this morning I was studying that word, descendants. And, and literally what happens in the book of Isaiah up until the point of that word, descendants, it always refers to the singular son. The son. But after that point, it refers to the plural sons. Because he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. And by, watch this now. Because of what he did as a lamb led to the slaughter, what he did on a cross, that by his stripes we are healed. And all, all the beauty of that moment that he took upon himself, the chastisement for us and all the things that needed to be done for us at that moment, that he made a way for it to go from the Son of God to the children of the Most High God. And we became part of something greater, the power of the resurrection in the the Spirit of God. Amen. And I got fired up about that. And so while I'm sitting there, I've been waiting for two months to preach to you about the worm on the cross. And, 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 and you know what? Do you know how freeing it feels to know that I don't have to tell you at the end of this service, get out because another service is coming in? We just may be here all night. But I feel that I need to tell you what happened to me at the... I'm, I'm supposed to be preaching on the cross. This is Good Friday. But I need to tell you what happened to me at the tomb. Whew, that'll preach. Let me tell you what happened at the tomb. Five o'clock or so in the morning, we approached the tomb, and watch this, there was a little lady at the tomb. Her job was, is to clean it before everybody else gets there. 
And she just started talking to us, and, 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 and I, I, they were setting up and, and, and having you know the, the, the checks and getting the cameras in place. Steve was up here somewhere. Pastor Michael was everywhere. And, uh, and as they were doing that, I was watching, and, and, and Pastor Steve was, was focusing the camera here, and I was just watching. She just started talking to me, and she said to me, she said, you've been here before. I said, I've been here many times. And she said, what do you see different I said, different, and I looked, and I thought, well, I mean, you know, there's a cross on the inside that looks like maybe it had been refreshed. I I was like, I don't don't, what do I see different? And see, those of you that have been, how many of you have been there? There's something you didn't notice in the video, but I'm about to show you something. She said, what do you see different? And I had no clue I would share this at this moment, but she said, what do you see different? And I said, I said, I I don't know what's different. She said, what's missing? And I said, what's missing? She said, what's always been there? And I said, I don't, she said, the door, pastor, the door. And I said, oh my gosh, the door is gone. For, for, for decades and decades, there's been a wooden door over that hole that they close when they close off that tomb area. And it has a beautiful sign on it that says, he is not here, he is risen. And, and the door's gone. And I said, the door's gone. She said, you want to know why the door's gone? I said, I think you're going to tell me. (laughs) She said, the door's gone because people have started coming and they close the door and barricade themselves in and won't come out. They won't come out of the tomb. They're barricading themselves in to the tomb. And I, I, I wanted to scream why, but then I realized why. It's because they're looking for something in an old life that they can't find in an old life, but they're looking for something so desperate that religion can't give you and, and, and man's ways can't give you and, and, and all the love you seek after in this world and all the highs and all the, the drinks and all the things of this world can never give you. They're looking after something they can find a solution for. If I can just get in there, maybe somehow I'll connect to something. But they don't understand that he's not there. He's risen, and he walks with us, and he talks with us, and he leads us along the way. And there's no reason to barricade yourself in. You need to step in to the presence of God. Let me just say that again. You need to step into the presence of God. Why don't we worship a risen king tonight? Why don't you give him a praise like he deserves? Hallelujah. He's alive. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Well, if you wondered what kind of church you're in, now you know. We're alive. We believe in the power of Jesus Christ to change your life. There are many people here who lived hard. Don't you get backwards on me now. You're too cleaned up. Let me say it again. There are people here who lived hard. But now we're determined to worship harder for the kingdom of heaven, to worship more, to go another step, to be excessive. What a prodigal son needs is a prodigal father. Then people who are prodigal, that means excess. My goodness. What am I trying to preach? The worm on the cross. (laughs) And so tonight I want to preach to you a message entitled The Worm on the Cross. There's a lot of scripture here, but I want to show you something that, that... that made me just, just, just almost dance in my office. You know, last, last weekend, Charlie and I were coming back from a funeral, and as we were coming back, I quoted the word. And when I quoted the word, 
While I was quoting the word to a pastor who needed the word, as I was quoting the word to them, all of a sudden, in the back seat of the car, he hollers out and he goes, Woo! And I said, I said, and I got off the phone. I said, what was that about? He said, well, that's what you do when you feel God. Come on now, man. <laughs> I said, all right. So we started talking about the resurrection songs that, that we grew up on. And I want you to know, I came, I was coming from over around uh, uh, Kennesaw. And as I, I was coming through Canton, as I got, I got to the Matt uh, community there, right there next to Leon's store. The presence of God was so tangible in my car while we were worshiping with that resurrection worship songs. I was playing, well, this is what I used to sing, uh, worship to. This is a song about the, the resurrection of Christ. As, I, as we were worshiping, there was so much of the power of God in the truck. I... I almost did a Mike Boyce, if I can say it that way. I almost got out. Literally, if I hadn't passed a cop, I probably would have, okay? I almost got out of the car and had a Holy Ghost fit right on the side of the road. Why? Because he's not in a tomb. He's with us. He's alive. But what did he have to do to get there? Can I preach this sermon? Psalms 22. I'm just going to keep obeying the Lord tonight. If he... I'll go whichever way he wants. Let me tell you again, he's alive. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone sees me. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads saying, now listen to this. He says, I am a worm. This is prophetic. I am a worm. Those who walk by where I am as they see me, they are mocking me, shaking their heads, saying, listen to this, is this not the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Now I want you to remember the first line of verse Number seven with me, but I am a worm and not a man. Now quickly, Mark 14. Mark 14, verse 22. I'm reading a lot of scripture tonight, but listen to this. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, take it. For this is my what? Body. And then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and they drank from it. And he said to them, this is my what? Blood, my body and my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. Now let me bring these two passages together quickly. I am a worm, and this is my body, and this is my blood. As we gather for this night to remember the passion, and what we mean by that, that the overwhelming joy that was set before him, the passion that drove our Savior to the cross, where he was executed for us, how do these two passages, I am a worm and this is my body and my blood come into play together to help us gain perspective on the greatest act of love of all time? 
If we were to take an overview quickly of Psalms 22, one will notice the connection to the cross. This was a prophetic verse that was speaking of the cross, that, that I, I am hanging there and as all who pass by will mock me, all who go by will, will sneer at me, they will say, if you're the one the Lord loves, why are you not rescued yet even now? You see, that passage in Psalms 22 describes the hate with which even in the humiliation of Christ, people would continue to call out. Matthew chapter 27, verse 35. Again, I'm, very, I'm reading a lot of scripture tonight, but I feel like that, that we need to rightly divide the word. Can I get an amen? amen? And after they nailed him to the cross, think of Psalms 22. I am a worm. They walk by mocking me saying, why don't you come down? After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and they kept guard as he hung there. What a statement that is. As the king of glory hung upon that cross. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries, two criminals most versions read, were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. We learned last year this was symbolic of the goat for on each side of him when he was operating as the high priest on the day of atonement. The high priest would go forth with a goat on his right and a goat on his left. The goat on his right would be, would be given for the salvation of the people and the goat on his left would be turned out for destruction. And yet even in this very moment, he hangs there, the high priest with his hands above them as, as they are on either side of him. The one on his right would say, remember me this day when you are in your uh, uh, king, you come into your kingdom. And he says, today you will be with me in paradise. And that, that one on the right went to salvation. And the one on the left, watch this now, went out into destruction. And the beauty of all of the prophecies that were all manifesting at this moment. The people passing by, listen to Psalms 22 again, the prophecy, shouted abuse. Shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple. Let me stop again and tell you, this book is not some collective works that, that just somebody flopped together because they were trying to create a religion that over thousands of years, the power of the Holy Spirit caused a scarlet thread that led all the way to the cross and led all the way to your salvation has put them all together. And now think of Psalms 22. Here we go again. They walked by in mockery saying, look at you now, they yelled. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then if you are the son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. Watch this. He saved others, they scoffed, but he cannot save himself. So he is the king of Israel. Is he? Let him come down from the cross right now and we will believe him, mocking him. He trusted God. Think of Psalms 22. This is the one who says that the Lord loves him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. 
See, I think that's what we miss. We think that they were somehow in the dark about what they were doing. They knew exactly what Jesus had testified to. They knew that he said he was the son of God. They knew that he said, they went to Pilate later and said, you better watch out because he's been telling everybody on the third day he's gonna get up from the dead and, I, and you better watch out. They knew exactly what was going on. He was describing it to them. They just didn't know how to put it together in the right places yet. I fear sometimes we're still learning. Even the revolutionaries who were with him or were crucified with him ridiculed him, watch this, in the same way. Now, I feel like we could stop here for just a moment and we could marvel at the fact that at this moment, Jesus has fulfilled over 400 prophecies down to the smallest detail. The probability that he could have fulfilled one of them would have been astronomical. But the truth is he fulfilled every single prophecy about him all the way down to, somebody said there was at least 414. And at this point in his life, he has fulfilled 400 prophecies down to every perfect part of what must be done. But let us look just a little bit deeper back at Psalms 22 and see the beauty and the delicacy with which God was fulfilling the prophecies. Can I tell you, there is not a detail of your life that God doesn't see. There is not a pain that he hasn't noticed. There's not a tear that's fallen that he hasn't paid attention to because God's in the details. Psalms 22 says, but I am a worm and not a man. Now, what's interesting about the statement that is said here in Psalms 22, when we find it in Isaiah, there are two times in the word of God that a worm is not given the normal name of a worm in the Hebrew language. The word used for worm is not the normal word that is used for worm, but it is is another word that is used for a very specific word, and it's also the word that that gives the name of a color, and it's from which a color was was brought in to be used in the the red heifer. It was where the, the color was brought in to be used in the dyes that went into the tabernacle, and the color that was crimson. Watch this. As if in your sins are red as... Crimson. The word is tola. Tola. Now you have to understand what importance is this. Usually in the Bible, every time you see the word worm, as in the worms that do not die, and the moments you see worms, the word is always rima. And when when rima is used, it's like we're simply saying worm. But when he said, I am a worm, he said, I am a tola. And as Jesus uses this word, one of only two times that it's used in Scripture, both of them pointing to this moment on a cross on a hill called Golgotha. Jesus uses this word. He says, I am a crimson worm. I am a scarlet worm. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Both scarlet and crimson are the colors of blood. They are deep red. The crimson worm is a very special worm that looks more like a grub than a worm. And I I want him to put that up there. I want you to see it for just a moment. This is exactly what he was describing. I, I looked for these while I was in Israel this time, being that it was moving toward the spring of the year. This word is very, very important. This worm is very important to understanding Psalms 22. For you see, the Tola worm, when it is time for the worm to give its, its life for its children. 
so that its children might become, might be birthed into this world. The crimson worm, watch this, and it only is able to do it one time. I think that's very significant. One time. I don't care how many plagues they have across the world this weekend. I don't care how many cities put people on crosses. My Jesus went to the cross one time and he's never having to go back because he finished it all in one time. He didn't try over and over again, but one time he settled it all. But when it comes time for this worm to give forth life to another generation, that sons, a son might become sons. Watch this. Well, that was the Holy Spirit lining that statement up. The worm finds a rough trunk of a tree or a rough, very rough, it's very important, a very rough wooden fence post or a stick. It then crawls up on that rough tree and attaches itself to that rough tree. As it attaches itself to that rough tree, it forms a protective case that says, you're not taking me off of this tree. I'm supposed to preach this first, but can I tell you that when Jesus went to the cross, no matter what happened to that moment, he had already sealed the fact he was hanging there until he could declare over you, it is finished. He was hanging there until the work was done. He was hanging there until what was broken was made right and what was separated was joined together again. Now watch this. She will hang there. Until, watch this, until she is dead. The shell will not or cannot be removed without ripping her body apart and killing her. Then the crimson worm, the scarlet worm, will give forth its eggs. And from underneath the body that is hanging on that rough piece of wood underneath that shell that has been created to keep everything in place. Let me tell you what the shell was that cre was created to keep everything in place. It was the word of the prophecies that were all manifesting at that moment. Now, am I making sense to anybody tonight? Because it's about to get to where I got, got really happy. Have you ever just got happy? Have you ever just, just wanted to start dancing? And people are looking like, what you doing? You're like, well, if you knew what I knew. You, y'all know I'm crazy. Let me go on. As that worm gives that life to those eggs, and as those eggs begin to hatch, watch this, they stay under that protective covering, under the word. Say under the word. And now watch what happens. That tola worm gives, watch this now, gives their own body and their own blood to provide the nourishment that is required for those babies to grow into maturity. And after just a few days, it's three days to be precise, after three days, on the third day, ooh, I feel this, 
when the worms have come to the point that they are now able to begin to walk on their own. Watch this now. The worm dies. And as the worm dies, a crimson or scarlet dye, it, 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 it begins to pour out of its body as it dies. As it pours out of its body, it will stain, it will stain that wood. And you can see around Israel, the Tola worm, it looks like blood stains on the trees and blood stains on the rough pieces of wood all over the country. Can I tell you there are blood stains all over this place tonight that testify he went to a cross and he died for us. I'm sorry, I'm about to get happy. I'm going to try to behave. But after the worm dies, it secretes that red crimson dye that was used throughout all the different uh, processes to build the tabernacle, which all was pointing toward the cross, which all was pointing toward a heavenly life that's better for us. And as it dies, watch this, not only does it stain the wood, but its young become permanently stained with the blood so that when you see the tola worm, you see the covering of the blood on their life. You see the covering of that red scarlet on their life. You see, after that three days when it dies and that is excreted, watch this now, the dead crimson word loses all color and turns into a white wax which falls to the ground Then it looks like it's snowing. What was once red becomes white. Now I read to you Isaiah 1.18 that says, now, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. We are stained with the blood. We are stained walking around, living example that Jesus died. Jesus cleansed us. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. I fear I've already preached most of my message from here. I got ahead of myself, but I'll just preach it again. Jesus sacrificed his life on a tree so that his children might be washed with his crimson blood and so that our sins could be clean as white as snow. My goodness. I, I, I know I'm going to preach a moment more, but out of the holiness of what we're talking about, I want you to go ahead and stand. He died for us that we might live. Through him. There's a holiness for the whole. There, there is, we are connected with another realm right this moment. I want you to begin to prepare your hearts. I don't care what has stained you. Stop looking for something dead to fix you. And start looking for the blood to cover you. The Holy Spirit becomes a covering over our lives. Like the word held him on a cross. His blood stains us. His resurrection power then transforms us to what was once, once one color becomes white as snow. But here's what I particularly want you to see today. I said it quickly, but there's a process by which the young become mature. The process by which the young become mature is that they must 
have the body and the blood of the one giving their life for them. Because without the body and without the blood, there is no strength to overcome. Without the body and without the blood, we are nothing but a religion of man. Without the work of a cross that is stained with his own blood, without the power of an empty tomb, we are nothing but just another alternative. But because of the cross and because of an empty tomb and because we are blood-stained children of the Most High God, we are not an alternative. I declare to you, there is one name that is hope. There is one name that you can rejoice in that every knee shall bow to and every tongue shall confess to that Jesus, the only hope, the way, the truth, and the life must be our nourishment. I don't want you to miss what's about to happen. We literally are, we're, we're going to step into this realm. Because he said, you must take my, give me, give me one of those right there. You must take my body. You must take my body. And as you do, remember the fact, remember that I'm what nourishes you. That I'm what helps you get up when you don't feel like getting up anymore. That I'm what gives you hope when the world has dealt you a bitter blow. I'm the anchor in your storm. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost of God. I am what you need, he says. And then he said, I give my blood. I give my blood, thank you. So that when you stumble yet again, my grace is sufficient for you. But not that you would walk around trying to decide, but that you would get under the fountain that still flows and becomes stained by his covering washed by the blood of Jesus and so tonight I want you to remember as we prepare to receive communion that it is the body of Jesus Christ that will give you the strength to overcome every I feel the Holy Ghost why don't you just start worshiping while I finish this just start worshiping right there where you are. That it is His body that will help you overcome everything you cannot on your own. And in His blood that will take the stain of sin and exchange it for the stain of life. And you will be marked for hope and a future through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now listen to me with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Nobody looking around. This is your moment with God. In just a moment, we're going to come and we're going to receive the Lord's Supper in the common cup method. But as we do that, the Bible says that this is for those who have been washed in the blood. 
These are for those who are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is for those who have accepted Christ as their Savior. Now with every head bowed, I want to ask you a simple question. How many of you are stained with the blood of Jesus Christ tonight? Let me see your hand. Wow. Thank you. Put those down. It was the majority of hands, but it wasn't every hand. Somebody didn't know how it was going to be possible, but it's the body and the blood that's going to make it possible. That he has given himself a sacrifice for he climbed on a tree and gave his body and then shed his blood so that you might be forgiven. The Bible says that if we will confess that one who died for us is Lord, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we become part of this. And this is where somebody's about to step in. You're here tonight. I feel an urgency in my spirit. I'm not going to belabor this, but you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I know that I know I'm not covered in the blood. I know that I, I played games with God and maybe you prayed a prayer a thousand times, but you've not been walking stained by the blood. You've been stained by sin and you still mark the, wear too many scars of sin. But tonight, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody get ready. Here it is. Tonight it's time for you to say, I'm ready to receive Jesus as my Savior and I want to be stained in the blood. And now's the time. Nobody looking around, everybody praying. But if that's you, I want to see your hand right where you are. Get it up, hold it up high. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking around this room. Thank you. I'm looking around this room. Where are there others that will join with these? I'm waiting on you. There's several who've already responded. Where are you? Hold them up high. I, I, hold them up high. I don't want to miss anybody. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Is, are there others now? In the name of Jesus. Thank you. I see from children to adults. I see people responding in this place. God's grace is here. Now, with those hands down for just a moment, I'm in just a moment, we're going to pray with them. And the Bible says that if we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, that we will be born again by the hope that he has been raised from the dead. And because of what he did, you're about to be stained with the blood of Jesus and washed and made clean forever. This is it. This is the moment. This is the time. I don't know why I feel this in my heart, but I feel like even in the future when this is going to broadcast somebody this is your moment this is your time it's been a day like none other already it's, it's early but it's been a day like none other but, but God's speaking to you right where you are right now this is your time to be stained in the blood you pray with us as we pray in this place join hands with someone near you let's pray this prayer of faith by the power of the Holy Spirit I want you to lift your voices he cried out for you it is finished now let's cry out with these many who have said tonight's the night and as you cry out with them also if you have ought against your brother or sin in your life I want you to repent of that right now as we pray Father God right now in the name of Jesus I thank you as we lift our voices that you're going to hear us now pray with me Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit I approach your throne tonight. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You see my life. You see my pain, my struggles, and my sins. I give it all to you. And tonight, I ask you to forgive me. I believe your grace covers me in the sacrifice of Christ, his body 
and his blood are now my strength and my hope. From this moment forward, I declare God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that prayed that for the very first time. And now for those who are laying down things that they carried in this place that they need to lay down. Father, I thank you for the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you just rejoice with me tonight? That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.